Today's Shia is Masechta Yuvamnus Daf Mem Vav. We will begin on Daf Mem Hey on the base. Three lines from the bottom. Amar Abchumah Baguri Amar Rav. The halacha is that when somebody buys an Evakachavim as an Evakanani, to use him as Evakanani, the halacha tells us that that person has to have tefillah. He has to be taken to the mikvah. And the purpose of the taking to the mikvah is at that point he becomes obligated in all mitzvahs that an Evakanani is obligated in, which is all mitzvahs that a woman is mechuyivin. So begins the shir, If somebody bought an Evakanani from an Evakachavim, and he brought him and he took him to the mikvah for the purpose of this Evid, as he went to the mikvah, immersed himself with the intention that he wants to be a ben chayrim. The halacha is kana atzmai ben chayrim. That's exactly what happens, and the Jew doesn't have any rights to him. My tama explains the gemara why. One akum, as we're going to see in our shir today, does not have the halachic ability to sell another akum because an akum cannot have ownership over another akum. So, what has the akum sold to the Yisrael? Mad what as much as ownership you could only sell as much ownership as you have in something. That's as the much. That's the only amount you could sell. So he sold to the Yisrael the ownership that he has. Ma'adakonile, what he owns, who the Machnile Yisrael, that's what he's selling. And when this Akum, this person this, who was supposed to become an Evid, had a mind when he goes to the mikvah that he wants to be a Ben Chayrim, what he did was he, un, he undid, he released that obligation that there is. And as the Rishonim explained, that before, and we'll speak about this more in a moment, before the owner could make sure that the tefillah was done in order that he should become an Evakanani, he had a mind that it should be done, that he should be a free man and be a Jew. And therefore, by, pre, by having a mind that he should become a full-fledged Jew, that takes away any lien or obligation that there is on him that the owner should be able to have, that this Jew should be able to have ownership over him. And all the Jew now has is a financial obligation because he did spend money on buying the Sevet. And since he spent money on buying the Sevet, that obligation still remains. And as the Rishonim, the Rabban, and other Rishonim say, that certainly the Eved will have to write a document that he owes this Jew who had purchased him the value of whatever he spent to buy him. But instead of him becoming an Eved and remaining an Eved forever, an Eved Kanani, what now he is is he's a Jew. He's a Jew that owes the person who spent the money on purchasing him that value that he spent. And the Gemara explains, where do we find such a precedent? Kedorovah. As Rava taught us, Dama Rava, Hegdish. If somebody lent money from some, borrowed money from someone else, and he put up something as a as a security that that's from where he as a mortgage 
from that's where the lender could lend collect the money that's owed to him. And then that loiva, the person who borrowed the money, went and was magdish what he what he what there's a mortgage on. The Allah is that hegdish supersedes that mortgage. And since that hegdish supersedes the mortgage, the heg, you can the the Malva cannot collect from it. The Rishonim, however, do point out that we know that when we're magdish something, there are two types of hegdish. There's Kedushas Aguf. If we are magdish, for example, an animal, that that animal should be used as a carbon. And the Kedushas Stomim, where somebody says, I'm giving a certain amount of money to hegdish, or he gives something that hegdish doesn't really have use for. It's not like an animal that is brought as a carbon. It's something that Hegdish will sell and use its value. So explain to Rishonim that when we say that Hegdish has the ability to override that existing lien, that's only when we do, when he's Magdish with a Kedusha Saguf. But if he's Magdish only with a Kedusha Stamim, then explain to Rishonim that that does not have the ability, Hegdish does not have the ability to override that prior lien. Similarly, chametz. If a Jew, if a Jew borrowed from somebody else, and he put up chametz as the security, put up chametz as the mortgage, and now comes Pesach, and we know, of course, that Pesach chametz is also b'hanav. So the iser hanav chametz overrides the obligation that exists, the lien that exists on this chametz, and the Jew will have to destroy that chametz, just like. A Jew has to destroy all chametz as Pesach arrives. However, say the Paiskim, this is only the halacha if the Jew had that chametz in his home. And, if, and even though he put up the chametz as the mortgage, since it's in his home, and it hasn't been transferred to the ownership of the, of the guy who is the malva, Pesach comes, Pesach chametz is also no, he has to destroy it. But let's say he would have left that chametz in the home of the guy who's the Malva, then the Allah is that he doesn't have to destroy the, then the Allah is that you don't have to destroy that Chametz. Similarly, Shikhr, if somebody put up his Evid as the security for a loan, again, a lawyer borrowed money from a Malva, the Malva wanted security, and he put up the his Evid Kanani as security, and then he freed him, the Allah is that the Shikhr stands and that lien falls away. And the reason is because in all these situations, this security is not really belonging yet to the Malva. Just because I put something up as security doesn't mean that the Malva has ownership on it. And therefore, whatever other halakhas come into play override whatever is in place here. And that's why the Evid as well, since when I purchase an Evid from an Akum, as we began our share today, my ownership in it, in this Evid, is a weak ownership. The reason my ownership is a weak ownership is because I only bought the Evid from an Akum. And as we said a moment, a few moments ago, the Akum's ownership in the Evid is a weaker ownership. That's why it's, that's why the Evid, if he goes to the mikveh and he has a mind that he wants to be a Yisrael, that could override my lean on him. So I saw that the Shemesh Shmuel explains what, how do we understand this Gemara. 
He says, when somebody goes to war, in order for a soldier who goes to war, he has to be completely devoted to be successful. He has to be completely devoted and dedicated to the cause without any fear of anything else. So too, when a person, as we say, Shema Yisrael every day, he's supposed to be makabal Omach Shemayim to the degree that he's completely devoted to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that's what the Gemara says. Hegdish, when somebody is magdish himself, when somebody devotes himself to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that there's nothing else, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elkeinu, Hashem Echad, that has the ability, Hegdish, when you magdish yourself, it takes away from the person any other liabilities, any other responsibilities, that total devotion to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Master of Chizda, Ask of Chizda, the Raisa teaches us, there was once an episode of that she was about to become a Giyaris, and her Avadim were going to become Avadim Kananim with the rules that we said at the beginning of Shir that apply to Avadim Kananim, and they did it before her. And this story came to Chazal what is the status of their Tvila? Are they Geirim? Are they free? Are they Avadim? Vamru and the Chacham said, Kano Atzma B'nei with their act of Tefillah, they became B'nei Chayrim, says the Gemara L'Fanayin. The only reason this story, the only reason this was the Allah in this episode is because she was not yet a Geiris. And as we said earlier in Ashir, an individual who's not yet Jewish cannot yet own ownership over another person, over another Avakanani. It seems that Lachrel, had they gone to the mikveh after she was already Jewish, even though they had a mind when they went to the mikveh, the shame that they want to be B'nai Chayim, it would not be effective. Not like we began the shir, Rav said in the beginning <coughs> of our shir today, that if the Evid Kanani goes to the mikveh and he has a mind that he's going to be free, that's enough. Amar Rava. It says the Gemara, there is no difference. But if they went to the mikveh before she became a Giyaris, then no matter what it was their intention when they went to the mikveh, whether they went with the intention to become Geirim, or even if they just went into the mikveh, they will automatically become Geirim. For she can't own them, she can't own them because she's not Jewish yet. However, if they went to the mikveh after she went to the mikveh, after she was already a guyiris, if they had the mafurish, if as we learned at the beginning of a shear, they went with the intention that they want to be free, then it will be effective. If they did not have that explicit intention, then loy, they would not become nechayim. Rather, they would become they would become avodim kananim. Says the gemara, Amar of Avi loy shanu. This halach that we're learning, that this could be done, is when you buy the Avakanani from an Akum. For as we said, the, av- the Akum's ownership of another Akum is a limited ownership. If a Yisrael buys an Akum from the individual himself, then the halach is that that becomes a full-fledged ownership. And since it becomes a full-fledged ownership, 
since he is the owner, he is the owner, complete owner of his body. When the Yisrael buys him, he buys him with that full. He buys that full-fledged ownership, and therefore the Eved has no way of getting out of it. The Ksiv, the pasuk says, "V'gamem itchem mehem tiknu." Explains the Gemara, "Atem mihem." You could buy avodim from goyim. mihem. An akum cannot buy another akum from a Jew, from the Israel. Nor can akum buy one from the other an akum. So he said that they can't buy from you. What does that mean? That means a guy can't buy a Jew. Certainly not. Can't buy a Jew from another Jew. Why not? Atu. Cannot an Akam own a Jew to have rights to his work? That a Jew could sell himself to a guy that he should have be obligated to work for him. What it means to say is that the Akam can never have gufe, can never have full-fledged ownership over a Jew. But the Torah says, Atem, you could buy an Akum from the Akum himself. So we see that a Jew could buy Akum from him himself, and when he does so, the Akum has no ownership at all. To which Rav Acha asks the question, Ema, but maybe the only way that that transaction would be effective is if he paid for it, or betfilo. But if he didn't, and therefore, since if this person who was purchased, when he does the tefillah, as we began the shear, will have a mind that he's doing the tefillah, that he's going to the mikvah with the intent to become a ger, that will override the Jew's ownership of him, says the Gemara Kasha. But as the Tzvah points out, and we've said this many times in our shurim, that there's a difference in the Gemara when the Gemara uses the word tiyufta versus when the Gemara uses the word kasha. When the Gemara uses the word tiyufta, that means it's a refutation with no answer. When the Gemara uses the word kasha, it means there's a, that even though the Gemara left with the word kasha, it doesn't change because there is, there is an answer to the question even though the Gemara hasn't said it. And therefore the halacha does differentiate, says the Ritva, between when one bought an akum from an akum, where there, what we started to share with today would work, that if this Evid went to the mikvah with the intent that he wants to become a ger, it would be successful, versus if I bought the Evid from him himself, then this option of going to the mikvah and having in mind that I should not become owned by the Jew, I want to become a ger, would not be an option. How, says the Gemara. So if that's the case, this way Rashi learns this piece of Gemara. Since this is the case, that when you buy an Evid from an Akum, if the Evid will go to the Mikvah and have a mind as he goes to the Mikvah, that he wants to become a Ger, it will be effective and he won't become my Evid Kanani. So what's the way of avoiding this problem? As you take him to the Mikvah, you have to have total control over that tefillah, as we're going to say that the Jew is the one that immerses him, the Jew has total control over that act of tefillah, and since the Jew has total control over the act of tefillah, then the, that person's intention that the tefillah should be done, the shame, Geris, will not be effective.
would not be effective. And that's why the Gemara is telling this Jewish buyer to oversee the slaves going to the mikvah. And we're going to learn he should, he should have total control over that entire immersion. By having total control over that entire immersion, he's showing that the Akram cannot use that immersion to show that he's a Geras. The Bnei Yisachah says, the Pasuk says, Kali Bnei Yisrael Avadim, Avadahem Eshatesi Oysam Eretz Mitzrayim. Hashem is saying that since he's the one that took Kali Yisrael out of Mitzrayim, and he had a mind when he took them out to be Avadim, they therefore Avadim to him forever. Says the Bnei Yisachah, to assure Kaviyachal that HaKadosh Baruch Hu had total control over them as he took them out of Mitzrayim. HaKadosh Baruch Hu put different obligations on Bnei, on Bnei Yisrael on the night that they went to the Mitzrayim, bringing Karm Pesach and doing Brismila. Says the Bnei Yisachah, HaKadosh Baruch Hu was making them act as Avodim as they were leaving Mitzrayim. Why did HaKadosh Baruch Hu do so? HaKadosh Baruch Hu did so to show that I am your ruler, and you're not free, you're only my Avodim. And the Bnei Yisoscha goes on to say a very important word. The Bnei Yisoscha says, we know there are only two mitzvahs, there are, two, there are only two mitzvahs a say for which there's a chiv chorus. Normally, if one evaluates an Avera, we know there's a punishment. But if one doesn't do a mitzvah a say, of course he did the wrong thing, but there are no punishment. By the mitzvah of Karben Pesach and by the mitzvah of Mila, if one doesn't fulfill those mitzvahs to say, the halacha is that he's chayv karis. And the Bnei Soscha tries to understand in the Sefer Agri, the Parker, this is discussed, why is so? Why is that the case? Says the Bnei Soscha, based on what he just said, since through Klai Yisrael bringing the Karim Pesach and Klai Yisrael having the bris Mila on the night that they left Mitzrayim, on the night that they became Bnei Yisrael, this is the way that it would became clear that we are Avodim to Hashem. Since this is the way that it became absolutely clear that we are Avodim to Hashem, anybody who avoids doing these mitzvahs is, so to speak, declaring that he's not an Ever to Hashem. And somebody who, Rahman Lutzlan, makes that type of declaration that he is not an Ever to Hashem, is an individual who is indeed Chayif Karas. So is the Gemara. So the Gemara, there is one other Pshan in this Gemara, that the Gemara here is not focused on what we're speaking about, how to avoid the issue of the Evid not becoming an Evid, but the focus of our Gemara is how a Tfil is supposed to be done, that it should be considered a va- how a Tfil is supposed to be done, that it should be considered a valid Tfil and shouldn't be Chatzitza. Says the Gemara Kahar, the Binyamin, the Binyamin Avdi Ravashi. Binyamin was the Ever Ravashi, boy let Fule. And they want, Ravashi wanted to take him to the mikvah and avoid any of the issues that we're learning in our shir. Masre Nale, so he gave him over to Ravina of Achabre de Rava. Amulo, and Ravashi told them, Chazi, make sure the Menachi Kabinale, if this Evid tries to get out of his being an Evid, know that I will 
demand payment from you for having not done your job right. So they put a rope around his neck, and they controlled it, that it should be less tight, with Tzimtzulein tight, tighter. And the Gemara explains why were they doing so. Arpele, they kept it not so tight. In order that it should not be chatzitza, it would be tight around the neck. Then the tefillah would not be a good tefillah because it would be a chatzitza. But they made it tight. He shouldn't be able to make any such statement. They were showing that we were in total control here. And continues the Gemara, as he was, was taking his head out of the order, they put a heavy vessel on his head, and they said, they said to him, take this home. And we see from here that the, how careful we have to be with a chatzitza, that even the slightest amount of uh, the, even the slightest amount of a chatzitza would be considered a val important chatzitza. Says the Gemara Amalei Rapapa Larova Chazimar the Hanid Bei Papa Rapapa the Yavazuzu Inchla Gakayu the people of the home of Rapapa Rapapa's family they would if there were people who owed money ta- who owed taxes to the government and the gov and they didn't pay the taxes they would pay off the taxes that these individuals owned, and then they would take these individuals as avodim. The question is, Kinafki, when these people go out, they paid up whatever they owed to Rapapa, they paid up in work, whatever they owed to Rapapa's family, because they had paid the taxes on their behalf. Whenever Kanani is freed, he's freed, you have to give him Ashtar Shikhar. The question is, is that required here or not? Amar Rav said to Rapapa, had I already been no longer in the world, had I already passed away, I would not be here to teach you the halacha I'm about to teach you. Because the symbol of Evdus, the seal of that they avodim, now, since we're all ab- obligated to pay taxes, so the king has total control of us. Or Malka Amr, and the king said, the government said, man the lawyer of cargo, somebody who doesn't pay his taxes, mishtabid the man the of cargo, becomes evident to one who paid off the taxes on his behalf, and they become the avodim of Rapapa's family, and if they're going to go free, they have to have a star shechra. Rav Chia bar Abba Ikel Gavla. Rav Chia bar Abba came to the city of Gavla. Chosben Nais Yisrael, the Ma'abrin. He saw there were Jewish women that were pregnant. Megayrim Shemol of Loitavlu. From people who were Gayrim that only had a bris milah, but had not gone to the mikvah. For Chaza, he also saw Chamed Yisrael, the wine, Jewish wine, the mazgi of the Kachavim, that the Akum was pouring the water. Of course, as we often learn in Shas, the wine that they drank had to be diluted. So here there was a cup of wine that the Jew had, but it was, but it was being diluted by an Akum. And the, and the Chaza, Tormason, he saw it's a type of being that needs a lot of cooking in order that it should be 
edible, the shalke of the chavim that were being cooked by Akron v'achli Yisrael, v'loi omer lo'amidi, and he didn't say anything. Also, Kameid Rabbi Yochanan, says the Gemara, he came then to Rabbi Yochanan, and he told him over these three things that he saw. Omelay, so he said, go make an announcement that their children are mamzerim. Furthermore, he said, that say that the wine is yain nesach, that's not kosher wine. Well, Tumason, and on their beans, say that the bishal akum. And of course, one may not eat bishal akum food. Because they're not b'nei Torah. And the Gemara explains exactly what was meant. Abneim Shabbat declared that their children are Mamzerim. Because Rav Yochanan Tamei, Rav Yochanan was following his opinion that we discussed in our previous year. A person is not considered a ger until he goes to the Hadmila and Tfilah. And these people, only as we said at the beginning of this piece of Gemara, had Mila, not Tfilah. And therefore, they're considered Goyim. And his opinion is, the Kivendalai Tavl, so since they did not go to the Mikvah, he's considered an Oivikachavim. And Amr Rabbi Babachana, Amr Rabbi Yochanan, we previously learned that it's Rabbi Yochanan's opinion that Oivikachavim, Evid Abobas Yisrael, the child is considered a Mamzer. A Yenom, Declare that the wine is Yain Nasach, Mishum, Lach Lach Amrina Nazirop. Do we tell a Nazir to stay away from the vineyard? We know a Nazir is not allowed to drink wine. So the way to Rishayim him explain this Gemara, of course, of if an Akum touches wine, it pours the wine, the wine would become non kosher. Over here, as we said earlier, it wasn't that. They actually touched the wine. They poured the water into the wine that made the wine move when you pour the water for dilution into it. So technically, it's not really Stam Yenom, but it was declared Stam Yenom because they weren't B'nai Torah, and we wanted to make sure that they should recognize how to be careful with that type of wine. The Tomason, and when we spoke about the beans, they declared that the Bishal Akum, Lefish and B'nai Torah. So it seems, says the Gemara, if they would have been B'nai Torah, Shari, those beans would be allowed to be eaten. They wouldn't be considered Bishlakim. Ask the Gemara, but how could you say so? Anything that can be written, eaten raw, doesn't have a Bishlakim issue. But Tormus is a food that can't be eaten raw. So we see, it's subject to the halachas of Bishlakim. So why are you declaring it Bishlakim only because they're not Pnei Taira? It should be considered Bishlakim no matter what. Answers the Gemara, Rabbi Yachan holds like the other opinion that Rav said. If a food that is not considered so significant that it would not be served at a king's table at a banquet of the king, and also has to be food that you use to with bread. So really, Tomeisin is not the type of food that is eaten that by that in that fashion with bread at a banquet. So it's really not subject to Bishalakam. And only because they weren't B'nai Torah, and they wouldn't understand the intricacies of the Alokas of Bishal Akim, was he Machmer, Ha B'nai Torah, Shari. So, two very important points. 
The Gemara Masechta of Adazar Metzishen we're going to learn when it speaks about the halachas of Bishlakum teaches us that there are two versions in the Gemara what prevents a food from being Bishlakum. Eina oila shuch malachim that it's as we just discussed something that's not served at a dinner and the other condition that's discussed there if it's a food that is it's a food that could be eaten raw. What we're learning in our Gemara is that we accept both opinions and only a food that has both of those conditions that it's not eaten raw and it's put on the banquet of a table of a king is subject to Bishlakim. Otherwise, it's not subject to Bishlakim. Furthermore, furthermore, the Pais can point out that also, even if it's served at the Shulchan Malachim, it has to be food that's served, lelafis by sapas, food that makes the, that's served along with bread. What's the difference if it's served along with bread or it's not served along with bread? Because again, Bishlakim, which was instituted, Mishim Chasnes, to prevent intermarriage, was only instituted on foods where there's a concern, was only instituted on foods where there is a concern that because it's a significant food, it could bring to social, to the social interaction. If it's not that significant, that it's food that's served at Shulch Malachim with bread, then Chazal did not make Xerah on that type of a food, and there is no Bishalakim. Says the Matana Abonin, Ger Shemovel Oitovel. If you have a Ger, that had a brismila but did not go to the mikvah. Rebeleza Oimer Hareza Ger. Rebeleza says it's consi- he's considered a Ger. She came at Sinabavasenu. For, for so we find with our Ovis in the time of Moshe Rabbeinu, Shemalu, that they had the brismila as we discussed earlier in the Shir. But we don't see that they went to the mikvah. So we see that Mila alone is sufficient. Tavavalaymal. But what happened if, he had a, if the Ger had. Went to the mikvah, but did not have a bris milah. Rishu Aimer Hareza Ger, according to Rishu, is considered a valid Geris. She came to Sinai be Mos. So too do we find by the Mos, the woman that left Mitzrayim, that also had fila shetavlu v'loy malu. Of course, the Ritva asks the Chazal say, how did Gemari here? The Chazal say ain't currently Mos that the only people that can be called a Mos. Elo Arba are only four, and that's Sarifka Rachavaleya. So how are we calling the women that were taken out of Mitzrayim our Amos? So some indeed explain because of that. The Meiri explains that the Amos here actually mean not the women in Mitzrayim, but actually mean Sarifka Rachavaleya. How did they become Giyaris? The Ritva ever says that when the Gemara says, when Chazal say, that we can't consider imos only sarif garachvaleya. That's in tefillah. When you mention imos and tefillah, we could only men- we could only refer to them. But that doesn't mean that all our f- previous generations, our mothers and grandmothers and great grandmothers, are not to be called imos. The Cham Imrim, the Cham disagree. Tava If somebody went to the mikvah but didn't have mila, mavalay tava. He had a bris mila without going to the mikvah. Ain't a ger. He's not a ger until he has both mila and tefillah. Rabbi Shua, Rabbi Shua says that if he went, if he had tefillah and no mila, he has he's a ger. That 
seems to see Tfila no Milo is a Ger. But if he had Milo and not Tfilo, he would agree that he's not considered a Ger. But why not Nailif Miovis? Why doesn't he learn from the office that had Mila without Tfilo? And Rebbe Leza that says that Mila and not Tfilo is good. But he seems to hold that if he, if he had Tfilo and no Mila, it's not good. Why not Nail if Miavos? That they only had Imos. And if you want to say that that's not a question, we can't learn from the Imos. The Mos didn't have Mila because they're women and they can't have a Mila. But we can't use that as a proof to men. We can't learn somebody who can't have a bris Mila from somebody who can't have a bris Mila. Says the I'll show you that that is not true. How do we know that in all future generations, the only funds that may be used to purchase a current Pesach is chulam money. If somebody had Maishashani money, as we often discuss, in the Maishashani money is produce that is in the first, second, fourth, fifth year uh, that grows. And at Israel, you have to take Maishashani. And if you don't want to have to take the actual produce up to Yerushalayim, you could redeem that produce and take the money to Yerushalayim and buy with that money food. What's the halacha could you buy with that money you're in Yerushalayim for Pesach. Could you buy with that money a current Pesach? So Rabbi says, You can only use Chulun funds because Pesach the Torah spoke about Pesach and Mitzrayim, the Nema Pesach and Mitzrayim, the current Pesach that they used in Mitzrayim obviously were used from Chulun money. There was no Maishashani money at that time. Af Pesach Amladirus, so too the Pesach that we speak about in the future generations, ain't a bar element of chulim. Amla Rekiva. So Rekiva says, What are you bringing a raya? In Mitzrayim, they didn't use Maishashani money for the common Pesach because there was no Maishashani available. But if it's available, maybe it could be used. Amla, to which Rebeleza says to Rekiva, Abishi Efshah, even though it wasn't possible, still raya gedolihi. But the Rishonim point out that even though Rabbi Leza is teaching us in this case don and efshemishiefsher, we can learn later generations where meisasheni money is available from Pesach, from Mitzrayim, where there was no meisasheni money available. Say to Rishonim that's only in this circumstance where we're talking about the first time that a carbon Pesach was brought. The first time any mitzvah is performed is considered a very special time. And therefore, that could serve as a model for all future generations, even if the circumstances aren't the same. But if circumstances are different in, in later generations, there we don't say that Don and Efshim is And that's why, continues the Ritva to say, the same would be relevant regarding the halachis that we're discussing in our shear about Mila, that maybe if the circumstances about Gairus were to change in later generations, that cannot serve as a that cannot serve as a model for the halacha. Here we're talking about the first Gairus that ever occurred. When we speak about the first Gairus that ever occurred, Don and Efsher, Mishi Efsher, says the word Ella. Everybody agrees. If somebody went to the mikvah. They're not go have bris milah, 
everybody will agree the Mahani, it's enough to become a Ger, because we learn from the Moss. Ki Pligi, where do we have a Machloikas? Says the Gemara of Rabbi Lezner of Yeshua, the Malvalai Tavel. If somebody only had a breast mila without going to the Mikkah. Rabbi Lezner, Yalif Mi Ovis. Rabbi Lezner learns from the Ovis in Mitzrayim that also only had a breast mila and were considered Gerim. Yeshua, on the other hand, holds that the Ovis, Nami Tfila Hava, and they had both. And therefore, Mila alone is inadequate. Says the Ramanole, how do we know? Rabbi Shua is saying that the office in Mitzrayim had both. Says the Ramanole, how do we know that? Elam Dixiv, the Pasuk says before Kabbalah Satoira, Lech Al-Am, the Kedash the Mayoim Umachor, the Chipsus Sumloisom. So says the Gemara. If somebody is a Balkari, and we often mention that a Balkari has to go to the mikveh. So somebody is a Balkari, he only has to go to the mikveh, but he doesn't have to have kibbutz begodim, but he does have to have taunt fila. He has to go to the mikveh. So here, with a title required of them, Malkum Shatan Kibus, that they had to have kibbutz, Enadin Shatan Tfila, certainly they became Jews, they had to have Tfila. Says the Gemara, who says that when the Pasuk says that before Kabbalah Taira, the Chipsus Simlaisam was because of a Tahara process, maybe what the Taira meant to tell us, maybe what the directive was, Dilma Nakiyas Baalma, that they should become clean and they should wash their clothing to have clean clothing. Ela Mehacha, Yikach Moshe Sadom, Yizrak Ela Am, that Moshe Rabbeinu took the blood of the Kabbanas. And he threw it on the people. And we know, Gemiri, that the halacha is that ain hazar b'loy tefillah. Hazar is never done unless there was a tefillah. So it's clearly an indication that they had tefillah. Says the Gemara of Yeshua. So that was the men. How do we know that that was by the women as well? Tefillah mimos menolon. He says it, it makes sense. They obviously did not have Mila, because a woman can't have Mila. And if we're going to say that they're not required to have Tfila, so what makes them Jewish? So obviously Tfila is required. However, says the Gemara, one cannot become a Ger until he has Mila and Tfila. Shita asked the Gemara, well, of course that's the halacha, that's what the Chachamim said. And of course we have a rule that we always follow the Chachamim, because the halacha is that Yochid the Rabbim, halacha Karabim. Why was it needed to be said? Answered the Gemara, Man Chachamim, who is the Chacham that's mentioned here? It's Reb Yaisi. So it's not a Rabbim, that it should be obvious that that's the halacha, because Yochid the Rabbim, halacha Karabim. It's an individual, it's Reb Yaisi. So here we're learning that you have to have Mila and Tefillah to become a Ger. The interesting discussion is going to be the Rishonim already debate, what is going to be the Alocha by an individual who had a Mila when he was not Jewish, and now he wants to convert. What do we do? Do we, can he, there are a number, a number of opinions amongst the Rishonim. Some explain that, some Rishonim, that he doesn't need anything. Some Rishonim, that's the opinion of the Rebbeinu Hananel. The Rambam and the Rosh and the Miri said 
such an individual, and that's the way we paskin, has to have a toughest ambris. We have to make a cut in the makamila and have some blood leave the body. And there are other Rishonim that say that that person can never become a ger. Because the Gemara now is teaching us that the mila is essential, and if you can't do the mila, then it can't become a ger. Although they would agree that it can become a ger to the degree that his children are considered Jewish. That children are not considered gerim. But that he himself is never considered a full-fledged Jew. The Tanya, as the Brisa teaches us, Harei as somebody comes and says, Malti v'loy tavalti, I had a bris for Geiris, but I haven't gone to the mikveh yet. So it says the Gemara, we take him to the mikveh, and he becomes a full-fledged Jew. And even if the mila was not done properly, it was not done with the intention that he should become a Jew, it doesn't really bother me, says Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda says that tefillah alone is sufficient for him to become a Jew. Rabbi Yossi, I mean, Rabbi Yossi, however, says, because without the Mila, then the Geiris can't be complete. Lefikach says, Rabbi Yehuda, that in order to become a Geir, you need to have either Tefillah or Mila. Therefore, we could do the Tefillah on Shabbos, even though normally the Allah is that Tefillah, you can't do the Tefillah of a Geir on Shabbos. Rabbi Yehuda will hold you can, because he's already a Geir beforehand. Rabbi Yossi Oimer, you're not allowed to take him to the mikvah on Shabbos because that is what makes him into a Jew. And that's called Tikkun Mono. So Tysus asks that the Gemara Masech, the Shabbos, the Kuf Yud Aleph, Amin Aleph, teaches us that a person who is obligated to go to the mikvah is allowed to go to the mikvah on Shabbos. Because even though he's supposed to go to the mikvah, he's not tall until he goes to the mikvah. People who see him going to the mikvah See, to them it looks like he's just going to cool himself off. Why? By a ger is it different? So, I, so Tysus answers that the reason is that normally when one goes to the mikveh, he goes to the mikveh privately by himself. However, as we're going to learn in our coming shir, when one goes to the mikveh, it's a whole process. It's a whole process that he has to go to the mikveh with Bezdin, and therefore, we can't rely on the Nirukameka. Others say, because it's, the Ramam's approach is that it's, you need a Bezdin. And the Allah is, a Bezdin may not be in session on Shabbos. Shabbos. So Rabbi Huda said, a ger could go to the mikveh on Shabbos. Pshita. Says the Gemara, since as we've been learning, it is the opinion of Rabbi Huda, Shabbat Yisagya, that just having a meal alone is sufficient to make this person into a ger. So therefore, hecha de fanenu, since he already had the bris milah, so it made him into a ger. So of course, matbilim. Answers the Gemara, so ma'alafichach, what has this price taught us? Says the Marmadatayma, Rabbi Yehuda tefila ikar. Even Rabbi Yehuda agrees that you can become a ger with either one, with meal or tefila. The real way to become a ger is with tefila. And therefore, he should not be allowed to go to the mikvah on Shabbos, for as we just learned, that's what's making him to a ger. That's Kamasak and Gavra, Kamash Malon, what we're learning in this b'risa, the Behuda learns either one is sufficient. Rabbi Yosef says that a ger cannot take, be taken to the mikvah on Shabbos. Why? 
To become a ger, you have to have both mila and tefila, and therefore the tefila is what makes him into a ger. So what's the chiddush? Answer the Marmara Tamil Rabbi Yosi Iker Milika. What primarily makes him into a Jew is the Mila. And Hossam, who do I have a Mila before Only when the Mila didn't take place in front of us, that's where we have a concern that the Mila wasn't done properly. When the Mila was done properly, so that's what made him primarily into a Ger. And therefore, the Tefillah is not really what's making him into a Ger. And therefore, he should be allowed to go to the mikvah on Shabbos, Kamash Malon. That's what we're learning here. They need both. And therefore, the tefillah is absolutely critical to him becoming a ger. And therefore, it's considered a maisa ticket on Shabbos. Says the Gemara Amar of the Hava Rabbi Rabbi. There was an episode in Rabbi Rabbi's home. Rabbi Yosef Masni, Rabbi Yosef Rabbi, that it was Rabbi Yosef Rabbi was with Rabbi Rabbi. Rabbi Safar Masni, Rabbi Yosef Rabbi was there with with them, there was a ger that had a bris mila but did not have tefillah. Wait till tomorrow, but not bila, and we'll do. We'll take you to the mikvah. He came to them by night, and he said, "We'll wait for the morning to do the mikvah." From here, we learned three halachas. In order for the gerus to be a valid gerus, you have to have three members of a bezdin there. And as I saw the Mepharshim explain, because Rav Safra, Rav Chia, was the Rosh Bezdin. Why did Rav Oishim Rav Chia have to be added? Because you need to have three. Shema Minah, that he's not, one is not considered a ger, Achim of a Yitbal. Shema Minah, Emabil and Ger that the gers cannot be done at night. The name of Asked the Gemara, also Shmamino being a mumchem, we see that all three individuals who were there were great Talmud Chachamim. Says the Gemara, it's not a proof, because that's maybe what happened to have happened, but it's not necessarily a proof that you have to have such three people. Dilma Diklinu, Amr of Chibar Abba, Amr of Yachan, Gerat Shloisha, you have to have three people by the time of the Geras, Mishpik Sibay, and just like any Dintaira has to have a minimum of three Tayonim, here too you have to have a minimum of three Tayonim to make it into a valid Geras. There's a very interesting discussion. We, we're learning now that Geras is only with Mila and Tefillah. So, and the way it's supposed to be is first you have the Mila and then you have the Tefillah. So there was an episode in Yushalayim where there was a person who became a Ger. He had the Mila, but he had not yet had Tefillah. And the question was, we know, Goy Shavas Chayiv Misa. A Goy is not allowed to be Shem Shabbos. So the question was, this individual who only had the Mila and did not have the Tefillah, and now it was Shabbos, should he be Mechal Shabbos? Because to fulfill the requirement to Goy Shavas that he shouldn't be Shem Shabbos, because Goy Shavas Chayiv Misa, or is the Alocha that since he already had the Mila, even though, as we're learning, he's not yet a full-fledged ger, he should at least, he still should be ready Shoyim Shabbos. And the story happened in Shlaim, and there was one of the Rabbonim there, his name was Rabbi Osho Lemo, and he passed that this individual is still not Jewish, and he should be Michal Shabbos. But when this question was brought to the Binyan Tzian, and the Mechzelazer, 
discusses this question as well, and, and I saw the Shalash Chuvas B'Tzela Chachma discusses the Shaila as well. They all take a very interesting approach, and it's based on a, a Zoyar that the Avni Nezer quotes. The Avni Nezer says that there's a new status. There's a status of somebody being an Akum. There's, of course, a status of somebody being a Ger. And the third status is someone who's intermediate between being a Jew and being an Akum. And that's the Ger, Shemol V'loitoval. And somebody, once he's already in that status, he's no longer considered an Akum. And therefore, since he's no longer considered an Akum, he's an Akum, there's no issue of Akum Shashavas, Chayv Misa. Actually, furthermore, the B'Tzela Chachma says that he could have given him a different piece of advice. The Gemara, the, the Prashas Trochem asks that the Gemara says that uh, the Ovois were Makayim Kala But on the other hand, the question is, were the Ovois considered Jewish? It was before Kabbalah Satyra, before Har Sinai, that we're learning today. That's only when they became Gerim. So how were they Shem Shabbos? If they're Jewish, they have to be Shem Shabbos. If they're not Jewish, Akam Shishovas. So the Prashas Trochem suggests that we know by Jews, it's V'yer V'yvoyker. The day begins, Shabbos begins by sundown, and it goes till the next day. But by Akum, it goes from midnight to midnight. So what this Akum should do, this individual who's not sure, he should be Mechal Shabbos after this man, when it's Matzah Shabbos by us. And by doing so, you'll have, he will have followed Shabbos like a Jew, because all of the hours which are our Shabbos, is he kept Shabbos, but he also would have been Mechal Shabbos in the day, which for him is still Saturday. And that's perhaps what should be given as advice to this individual who is in the status of Mo'o Veloy Tovel.